Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. And we are uh, believing the Lord for some great, great things. We're going to jump right into the Word. Uh, We're going to continue with this subject that we've been on over the last few services entitled The Power in the Word. The Power in the Word. And this is uh, so important uh, because it's the Word of God that has the authority and the power to change our lives. And uh, so much of the time, uh, and, and I see something uh, so often in, uh, I've been doing this long enough to see waves come and waves go and, and things happen and, and it, it just seems like once a generation uh, or, or more, sometimes less, uh, you'll see things come along and people will try to have other ideas and, and, and other doctrines other than the Word of God to change people's lives. And, uh, you know, you, you, you see it in so many areas. I remember, um, and, and I mentioned some of these, that there, there are things that believers will state are the most important thing to a believer, like, like prayer. They'll mention prayer. And people will say, well, you know, a prayer movement has come. Listen, there should never have to be a prayer movement that comes in the life of a believer. All right? Believers pray. Now, understand that prayer is not the most important thing in the life of a believer, all right? It, it's not, it, it is vital. It is the lungs of the Christian life, all right? You have to pray, but the issue is it's not the most important thing in the life of a, of a believer. Uh, they'll talk about worship and praise and worship and your praise and worship time. Well, you need to have praise and worship time with God but it's not the most important thing to the believer. And then people will talk about fasting, and you need to fast. It's, it's, a, it's a crucial Christian discipline, all right, in the life of, of, of a believer. Uh, but here's the thing. It's not the most important thing. Uh, having hands laid on you, that is important. It's one of the six foundational doctrines of the church. But it is not the most important thing. The single most important thing in the life of a believer is simply the Word of God. And so as I was saying earlier, these fads blow through these winds of doctrine. And they'll call them a movement, a prayer movement, a deliverance movement, a worship movement, or whatever the case may be. But here's the thing. What has stood the test of time is just the Word of God. Just ministering, teaching, preaching, getting your life built on the Word of God. That's what has stood the test of time and will always stand the test of time. All right? The power of the Word of God is what can produce effective change in any area of the believer's life. If you need change, if your family needs change, you have to get it from the Word of God. All right? There's no other way other than through the Word of God. 
We can't renew our minds through prayer. You can pray from now until, as we say, kingdom come. And you're not going to renew your mind through prayer. As a matter of fact, without the word, you're probably going to be praying wrong. All right? You're probably going to be praying out of line with the word of God. <clears throat> Amen. You can't renew the mind through worship. We need to worship. But you can't renew the mind through worship. You can't renew the mind through fasting. Amen. Fasting will make you more sensitive to the things of the Spirit and more sensitive to revelation in the Word. But it won't renew your mind. Fasting deals with your fleshly body. Fasting deals with those areas. Only the Word deals with your mind. Only the Word deals with your mind. And the Bible has a, a anecdote for or a, a help or a deterrent or however you want to say it to every part of your body. The, the Word will help you keep your flesh under, according to the Apostle Paul. It will renew your mind and it feeds your spirit. Amen. It's, it's all found in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, you can't renew the mind through the laying on of hands. You might need help. You might need somebody to lay hands on you and help you. But it won't renew your mind. And we've told the story, and it, it can be humorous, but it's It's profound where Brother Hagin talked about every Friday night in the church he pastored, they would have uh, deliverance meetings. And people would come, and believers would come and get delivered. And he said after a period of time, uh, that, that began to tail off. And he said, then we started having getting free meetings. Now, you understand what he's saying. We call them deliverance meetings. Well, you can't go back and call them deliverance meetings again. So you got to call them getting free meetings. And he said, then after a while, that, that started tailing off, and we had to have loosening meetings. Because we already had deliverance meetings, had getting free meetings, now we got loosening meetings. And he said, wouldn't you know it, the same people that got delivered and got free, came to the getting free meetings, had to come to the loosening meetings. <laughs> and he said that he would go and visit with his members and with the parishioners, and he said, if their lives were any different at all, I couldn't tell it. Now, I like that honesty. Amen. If their lives were any different at all, I couldn't tell it. And so it set him to thinking. You see, a lot of ministers, a lot of leaders, a lot of pastors, they mistake rambunctious services for people getting free. Well, the flesh will dance, the flesh will run, the flesh will shout, the flesh will, sh will, will sweat, amen, the flesh will roll on the floor, the flesh will fall out in the spirit, right? But here's the thing, without the word, after the flesh gets done running, after the flesh gets done sweating, after the flesh gets done shouting, after the flesh gets up off the floor, it's still flesh. Amen. Only when the word goes forth can you say people's lives were changed during that service. You cannot say people's lives were changed just because they shouted a lot, just because you had a move of the Spirit. More than likely, you had that move of the Spirit because somebody that was on the Word was hungry for something.
Amen. And I like Brother Hagin's forthrightness. I like his honesty to go and say, after all the deliverance meeting and the loosening meeting and the getting free meetings, and, and when you listen to that, he did that for a while. That wasn't just like a week, four or five times. They did it a while. And now he's saying, if I could not, if I saw any difference in their lives, I couldn't tell it if there was any difference. And so he went to the Lord about it. That's another thing a lot of ministers don't do today. They don't go to the Lord about it. So he went to the Lord about it. And the Lord said, remember what he said? You are trying to do through the laying on of hands what is, what, what is required by the word. You're trying to do through the laying on of hands what, by what only the word can do. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Amen. And so as a pastor, I want to raise up people that have their dependence on the word. Not on me. Not on my ability to lay hands on them, although we will lay hands on people till Jesus comes. But here's the point. That's not where your dependence is. Your dependence is on the Word. Our job is to get you dependent upon the Word. Amen. Do you know what a parent's responsibility is in the house? And people say, yes, to provide for my children, to provide for my family. That's part of it. The main responsibility of a mother or a father is to mature that child so they can function properly outside of that home. That's the main job. Amen. We, we jokingly talk about people that are 21 and act 12. Well, why is that? Mom and dad did not prepare them for life outside of that home. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, do you understand? So mom and dad, mom and dad felt empowered. Amen. Mom, mom and dad felt like they were really being good parents because they did everything for the child and they did everything for the boy and they did everything for the girl, right? And, and that's why they're still doing everything for them at 25 and 30 and 35. I've seen, I've seen young men near about 40 years old making their parents' lives miserable because mom and dad had always taken care of them. Now, far from, from home and family living, I'm explaining to you that the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the local church, is a family. My job as the head of this family, this part of the family of God, my job is to get you to the place where you go from the milk of the word to the meat of the word, and you can function on your own in your life. It's important. You'll always have a pastor to help you, to counsel you, to pray for you. If you wonder if you're ever prayed for, just know you're prayed for every day because you have a pastor and your pastors care about you. But we care about you enough to tell you that when you come to a church and we're running the aisles and we're shouting and we're dancing and we do that a lot, you know, we do, right? And we're running the pews and we're, we're having a good time. That's not renewing your mind. That's, that's the Spirit of God moving. That's the Lord blessing us with that move of God. But there's a purpose for that, for that in every service. Amen. 
There, excuse me, there's a purpose for every service. And the purpose for every service is not to run and buck and jump. You know what the purpose for every service is, though? To hear the Word. Every service should have the Word in it. Oh, glory to God. I'm glad you came to church on Wednesday night. James chapter 1, <coughs> excuse me, and verse 21 he says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And then he says, But be doers of the word. Now, see, very often that is taken out of its setting, all right? Because we have the word but which is a conjunction, so he's adding two thoughts. And very often, verse 22 is just quoted by itself. Well, be doers, and they'll quote it like this. You know, the Bible says, be doers of the word. Well, it does, but it's in connection to something and for a reason. All right? This has to do with our faith. Faith is an act, doing the word. But notice what it's connected to. You lay aside all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls, but don't just receive it, be a doer of it. Is that right? Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only deceiving yourself. Well, what does that mean? That means that you can hear the word and if you're not doing the word, it's not changing you. And you're deceiving yourself. Amen. Every one of us have known people, or you probably have. If you haven't, you will. Let me help you. You will. We've known people that can quote Scripture, but if their lives were any different, you couldn't tell it. Because they knew a lot of Scripture. I worked with a guy one time. His name was Vic. And Vic was a great guy, just a dyed-in-the-wool sinner, but a great guy, great guy, living in sin with his girlfriend, but a great guy, just like the dickens out of him. Amen. And he could quote the Scripture. I mean, he had Bible studies at his house, his house where he was living in sin, right? And, and he would talk about how he just bought a new Thompson chain Bible. And he'd discuss the Bible with me and discuss the Word with me. Of course, we stayed away from those scriptures about, you know, fornicators and adulterers. Won't have, we stayed away from those. But the, or he did anyway. But the point is, is he knew a lot about the Word. He knew a lot of the Word. He heard a lot of the Word. He had a lot of the Word in his head, but he did not ever do the Word. And so because he never did the Word, the Word never had an opportunity to renew his mind or save his soul. Does that make sense? He said, if you just hear and you do not do, you're deceiving yourself. What is he telling us to do with the Word, though? Receive it humbly and it will what? It will save our soul. Glory be to God. Amen. You know, right now tonight, you're receiving the word. Right? You're, say it out loud. I'm receiving the word. 
See, you're receiving the word. You're not rejecting the word. You know what that means? Change in some form in your life is imminent. It's changed because, because the word is going to continue to save your soul. You know, the Bible talks about salvation. It talks about, the, you know, the salvation of our spirit. When we were born again, our, we, were, we were saved in the sense of we were saved from sin and saved from the curse of the law and saved and made ready for heaven and saved from hell. And our spirit was renewed. But the Bible talks about a time that our bodies will be saved. One day our bodies will be saved. At that last day, when we're raised from the dead, incorruptible, our bodies will be saved, the salvation of our bodies. Amen. Well, our spirit has been renewed. Our spirit has been recreated in the image of God. Our bodies, right, one day will be completely glorified and completely renewed. Amen. So what are we doing right now on the earth? We have a body that, according to the Apostle Paul, he said, though the outward man is perishing, my inward man is growing stronger every day. Is that what he said? All right, so the outward man is perishing. The spirit man is growing stronger day by day. What about that entity in between called our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul, our mind? What about that? It's being renewed every day. It's being renewed to the things of God every day. Amen. Your, your body, when you die, will go to the ground. Your spirit and your mind will go to heaven. They're separate. Some people call them one. They're not. They're separate, spirit, soul, and body. We know that because we, we know that people in hell can feel and think and reason and you can only do that through your mind, not your brain, your mind. Amen. And we, and we know that, that Lazarus being in Abraham's bosom, which was a, a, a paradise because of his faith in God, but he had a mind and a will and emotions. We see that Abraham knew the man that was talking to him in hell. He had a mind and a will and, an, and emotions. So your mind goes with you. And so on the earth, it's being renewed to what? The things of God. How do you renew it? Receiving with meekness. The engrafted word, the implanted word that's able to what? To save your souls. We're going to talk more about that word able in another message, but it's, it's enough to know right now. It, it will save. It will preserve. It will rescue. I don't care where a person's mind may be. If they'll get a hold of the word of God and notice, receive it with meekness. Oh, glory. Receive it with a humble attitude. Have you ever been reading through the word? And you saw something, and it was just like red lights, flashing arrows. Attention, Will Robinson. That's you. And you just wanted to go, no way. And your pride rose up. I don't know about you. Amen. It's kind of like for us husbands. I don't know how you ladies are, but it's kind of like for us husbands. When our wife looks at us and says, here's the problem. And you got nothing. Because she's right. Well, what can you do? Receive that instruction. Receive that help. 
or reject it. What happens if you reject it? You missed a chance at change. What happens if you reject the word? You miss a chance for change. Amen. This, this is so important. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So there are things we have to lay aside, but it's the word that renews our mind. If you don't renew your mind, you'll go back and pick up what you laid down <coughs> every time. Because the mind is a creature of habit, and the flesh will do whatever the mind says. That's why we have to bring them under the control of the Spirit, and you can only bring them under the control of the Spirit as you renew the mind to the Word. The focus in a lot of circles is on what you need to stop. You need to stop this. And that's why you have a lot, now listen, that's why you have a lot of people that were very attracted to what we would call extreme grace teaching. I'm not talking about people that teach grace. Grace is vital. I mean, I'm talking about people that, that teach, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. Basically, you know, uh, God understands. Well, why were so many, why were many people attracted to that? A lot of people were attracted to that because they were in circles that was always telling them and hammering them that they needed to quit this, they needed to quit that, you need to quit what you're doing, you need to quit, 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 you need to quit. And what would they do? Lay it aside and go back to it. And lay it aside and go back to it. And lay it aside and go back to it. Why? Because the reality of it is there's things that you just can't quit in your flesh. Does anyone in here think that you quit being critical by yourself? No. <laughs> right? I mean, maybe Pastor Marie, but I'm joking. Marie, I'm joking. Praise God. Right? You needed the word. When you read through the scripture and it, and it said, judge not, don't be guilty of censorious criticism, right? No, nobody in here quit sinning on your own. You didn't just decide to do it. There are people in here that were addicted to various substances and addicted to things. You didn't just quit because you got, I've heard people say, well, I quit because I got tired of that life. No, you didn't. You, 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 there, there are people that quit and they don't have the behavior anymore, but their minds have not changed. Their minds have not been renewed. Nobody did that on their own. The word helped you do that. And so my point is, so what attracted a lot of people to that extreme teaching was the concept of the work is done and you just have to depend on what Jesus did, which is true, 100%. All right? But there's, there, even under grace, there's still works of righteousness that you must do. How do I empower myself to do that? Through the Word. Through the Word. If you're always telling people to quit, stop, lay it down, quit, stop, lay it down, eventually you're going to come across this question. How? 
Amen. And it's more than just, well, brother, let go and let God. Just trust God. Now, you got to get in the Word. And you got to see what the Word says about you. What have we said over and over in this series? Only the Word of God is so supernatural that it has the ability to turn you into what you're seeing. Amen. Hallelujah. My goodness, i got to get moving. This is good preaching, though. The mind does what it's trained to do. You know, we had to learn to think worldly. You had to learn to think like a sinner. We had to learn to think godly. Amen. You had to learn to think godly. How did you learn to think godly? You got in the Word. You came to church. You heard the Word. Other mature believers talked to you and shared the Word with you and discipled you in the what? In the Word. Amen. This is what the Word says. This is how the Word says to do it. That's why the Bible talks over and over again about, about the, the older sisters helping the younger ladies and the older men helping the younger men. How, what are, why are we doing that? Through, how do we do that? Through the Word of God. Through the Word of God, not just our experiences. Amen. And how did we learn to think godly? By focusing on God's Word. And as we focused on God's Word, our thinking was transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's a very familiar scripture. You know it probably by heart. But he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. One translation says your rational act of worship, your intelligent service. And then it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Notice, we present our bodies to God. That's a volitional act. You're, you're in church tonight, but guess what you're doing? Presenting your body to God. Presenting your mind to God. And you're saying, Father, change me. Father, make a difference in my life. Transform my thinking. Amen. When you get up in the morning to do your private devotional, your private time with God, you are presenting your body. You're presenting your mind. Amen. You know, when, when you get up in the morning early and you, you, you get with the, thing, the, 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 the things of God, you pray, you read, you study, you're presenting your body, your mind to God. So that he can help you be all that you need to be in him and help you renew your mind. It's, it's just like this. When you lace up your shoes and you hit the road early in the morning to go run, you are presenting your body to health. You're presenting your body to exercise. You're presenting your body to longevity. That's what it's going to take for those things to occur in your life. Amen. There, there are people that are unhealthy and they're unhealthy because they never present themselves to health. There are people in the church that don't have a renewed mind, and the reason is they don't consistently present themselves to God. It's a volitional act. 
I, granted now, it would be very nice if the Word of God would just get off the page and get in my mind, and it all was just done for me. That Boy, that would be wonderful. Amen. But everything in God involves your will. You either will to do it, or you will to not do it. Because it's a choice. So if someone does not have a renewed mind as a believer, they do not have a renewed mind out of choice. Not because it doesn't work. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Say it out loud. I choose to renew my mind. Oh, glory to God. So we do the presenting and God does the renewing by the power of the word. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Psalm 19, 7. It says the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The word converting is restoring the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. Restoring it back to a place of former innocence. Amen. There are people that are born again in here, and when you first got born again, you were thinking all kinds of wrong. Amen. Glory. But the more you stayed in the Word, the more right you thought. And now you look back on that, and you think some of the ways you used to think, and you're like, my God, who was that thinking that way? Amen. We, we've used this a number of times, but you remember before you got born again, you thought everybody did what you did? I mean, I did, and, and I, I've been born again since eight, right? And so my point is, I, I made some mistakes and got away from the Lord for a short period of time. Thank God a short period of time. But here's, here's the thing. It, your mind can get so degenerated so quick that you think everybody does that. There are people that think everybody lies. There are people that think all men are the same. I've heard women say all men are dogs. Well, okay. But I would remind you that men and women are of the same species. Just putting that out there. Here, here's the thing. We know that's incorrect. What form they're thinking? Experience, situations that they went through, the men that were in their lives. Amen. Do you see this? But then you got born again and you thought, everybody doesn't lie. Everybody doesn't cuss. Everybody doesn't whatever. All men are really not that way. Now that sounds elementary, but what was the what was the what was the change agent? The word of God. You stayed under the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin said every Christian needs to accept the responsibility of renewing their own mind 
and presenting their body to God as a living sacrifice so that they can stand strong against the enemy. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Very often, what people call the devil is just simply a lack of a renewed mind. So just like we have to present our bodies to God in order for him to help us, we got to present our thinking to the enemy in order for him to hinder us. And the enemy has a, a, a very hard time with a person who's renewing their mind with the word. Very hard time. Because the person that's renewing their mind with the word is taking on the characteristics of the word consistently. They're becoming God-inside-minded. They're, they're, they're beginning to become word of God-minded. And the word is so supernatural, again, that it begins to transform you into what you're seeing in the word. And that's what it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. The Amplified Bible says, And all of us with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as a mirror, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image. As I behold myself where? In the word of God. So when you're reading in the word of God and you see something that the word of God says about his people, you may not even see it in you, but as you continue to behold it, You'll be changed into it. How? By the word. By the word. Amen. Think about it. How long did it take you to finally realize that when you missed the mark, you didn't quit being righteous? Because you focused on 1 John 1, 9. Amen. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He, he didn't say, you're not saved. He didn't say, you're not righteous. He said, confess it and I'll forgive you. Right? How long did you have to look at the scripture that says you're holy for you to finally figure out I'm holy? How long did you have to read Ephesians 5? Husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church, gave himself for it. Nourish and cherish it, right? Love it, love your wife like your own body. How long did it take you focusing on that and centering on that and meditating on that until you saw yourself as that kind of husband? But the day came because you renewed your mind. You renewed your mind. By the word of God. Amen. Glory to God. So as we meditate on the word, we become like the word we're meditating on. Glory to God. This is so important. Isaiah 55, 11, of course, says, So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth, it will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it. The word void 
it means unfulfilled. It means empty. All right? He said the word will not return unfulfilled or empty. What does that mean? You cannot get in the word consistently and not be changed. Your mind will be changed. Hallelujah. And only God's word has the power to not return void. It won't return void. The Bible in basic English says, it will not come to back, back to me with nothing done. It will not. Hallelujah. Romans 1.16 says, in the gospel, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To everyone that believes in the gospel is the saving power of God. The delivering, preserving, salvation power of God is in the gospel. Amen. So I have deliverance through the word, preservation through the word, safety through the word, salvation through the word, through the word. Hallelujah. And we'll close here with Jeremiah 23, where it says, Is not my word like a fire that consumes and like a hammer that breaks into pieces the rock of resistance? The Amplified Bible says the rock of the most stubborn resistance. There's nothing in a believer's life that the word won't break. Nothing. But what, what's, what do I have to do? i got to be a doer of the word and present my body, present my mind, present my life, a living sacrifice. That's, that's, my, that's my volitional, rational act of service to God. Amen. You know, I try to do that every day. I just lift my hands to the Lord every day, and I say, Father, I just bow my life to you. I bow my mind to you. I bow my heart to you. I bow my spirit to you, my body, my life. Father, I just present my body to you today, a living sacrifice. I thank you that I'm holy and acceptable in your sight. I may not say those exact words every day, but some, some, uh, uh, some form of that. Why? Because I want him to know I want my mind renewed. Amen. You know, let, let me share this. You're not just always going to renew your mind where things like sin and wrongdoing are concerned, right? You're going to renew your mind to how big God wants you to think. You're going to renew your mind to the call of God on your life. You're going to renew your mind to those kind of things as well. That's why it's important to stay in the Word. You'll see yourself in the Word. When, 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 when I first begin to meditate on 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where it says, they that preach the gospel will live of the gospel. I can no more see myself living of the gospel than a man in the moon. Amen. I needed every dollar that I was making, and the Lord was blessing us. Amen. But I couldn't see myself living of the gospel. In reality, 
at that time, I didn't know that you could live that well in the ministry. I was learning the principles of the, the victory financially in the Word of God, but I didn't know that. Most ministers that I knew worked a job and preached. Most, not all. My father was always a full-time minister. I knew some other full-time ministers. But here's my point. I had to study and meditate and focus on that verse and other verses that God had given me concerning the call of God on my life. I had to look at it and look at it and look at it and look at it and meditate on it and meditate on it and mutter it and confess it and declare it. Amen. And when I started, I couldn't see it. But I can tell you the day mind renewal occurred to it. I know that I, I can tell you the morning that it happened. Because when I, when I got up that morning, I was rich. Was there more money in my account? Mm, no, but my mind had changed. My mind had been renewed. I had reached this place where God could say, I want you to do something for me in the full-time ministry. See, you're always going to be renewing your mind. Amen. The, the, the hesitancy that you feel comes from your mind not being renewed. Amen. Your mind is what will fight you. Because your spirit, what Jesus say? The spirit is willing, right? But the, fl the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Well, the, the mind in, in, in essence is a part of the flesh. Amen. And your mind will fight you. Well, you can't do that, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. What do you got to do? Renew the mind. To what? Think in line with the Word. Your spirit's reaching out and grabbing the Word. Your, your spirit's reaching out and pulling the Word in, and it's the mind that will reject it. Amen. But not you. You're all in. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm all in. Say this. I want all that God wants for my life in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll stand on your feet, everybody.